Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. On a warm summer's evening, on a train... Welcome to the Film Board, the movie conversation podcast reviewing the latest releases you've seen and want to talk about. My name is Pete Wright, host of the Next Real Film Podcast. On this episode, we're taking on Zack Snyder's Vegas Zombie Fest, It's Army of the Dead. He said, son, I've made a life 
Out of reading people's faces Think about it Everything we did, all those people we saved the way they held their eyes. Look what it got us you don't mind my But what if I can see you're out of base What if just once taste of We did something just for us You ready to play? There's 200 million dollars in the vault beneath the strip with a 32-hour window to get it out. Find the safe. This should be a simple in and out. It's not too late to go back. Today in the boardroom, I've gathered Ocean Murph and Jordan Peterson to get their thoughts post-apocalyptic zombie Vegas. Ocean, Jordan, great to be shambling along with you. Good to see you too, Pete. Uh, look forward to uh, talking about zombies and uh, trying to survive the apocalypse and uh, really using these movies as tips and tricks of how, how, do you, how, do you, how should you survive? The zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, I think of the three of us, Ocean, I think you have the most promise. Jordan and I, I'm, I don't know. I think maybe, (laughs) uh, maybe Jordan has some chainsaw skills that I don't know about, but I'm going to be at the very back of the line. Like I'm first to go. I've already decided (laughs) if the zombies come, I'm just, it's, it's over. How you, how you doing, Jordan? Do I dare ask you, (laughs) what did you think of Army of the Dead? Well, I mean, we'll get into it <laughs> uh, for sure. Um, it'll be lots of fun. I, I'm not a huge Zack Snyder fan, and I'm not a huge fan of zombie movies. So, so this is where you, you pick the right movie, yeah. For yeah you. So this will right. be the exact right conversation for us to have for sure. So I think I, I you know what, I'm just going to leave it there for now. <laughs> we okay. can we can talk more as we go. Fair enough. Ocean, how how did, how did it hit you? Well, I think it hit me well. First off, I thought the movie was visually fun. Right. I, I thought, thought that part, that part of it worked. I think that, um, I, I, the more I see Dave Batista in movies, the really, the more I like him. You know, I thought, I thought that he did a really good job as far as playing this character in a believable manner where he could do the action sequences and, you know, somewhat emote and relate to his daughter and, you know, as much as he could. So I, I felt that that, that part of it was good. Um, I liked the opening sequence a lot, which I like to talk more about. And then outside of that, it's, it, I, I found it to, I feel it's a mixed bag. Right. There's, you know, there's aspects of there's some parts of it that I think, hey, this part was great. And then there's other parts that I don't think are great. And then also it was too long. Right. And that, that, that for me, and, and, and I felt it, right. It was, you know, when I'm about an hour and a half in, I feel like we should be wrapping up. And I realized, oh, there's still another hour and 15, uh, another 45 minutes to go. All right. So that was, I think the, 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 the biggest complaint I had with it is, was that it was a bit long. Um, and it was uneven in parts. And, and but uh, you know but overall it's okay right then that's 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 what i think what what were, what were your thoughts Pete? well i i am not uh, i guess I've, i'm not a massive like zack snyder everything he does fan but there are high points in my experience with zack snyder i uh i i really enjoyed 300 when it came out and i haven't watched it since for that very reason because i'm scared of it uh i i <laughs> I, I worry it's, it's, that, that I'll ch- change my opinion. Uh, I um, I actually quite enjoyed the Snyder Cut of um, the Justice League, I, maybe because it was uh, because the bar was al- 
already so low from the weed and cut. Maybe that was the bar the, was on to, the ground. It, there was no bar. <laughs> yeah. There was no bar. The bar yeah. was so, buried. That, there yeah, was no a bar. Actually knew where the bar was. <laughs> yeah. That was the whole point. <laughs> We've been looking for yeah. it. It's just, it's just gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, he had no direction to go. But yeah, up. but so. but I think the most important uh, the most important film in his catalog that represents my experience with this film is Dawn of the Dead because I'm a zombie fan. I I don't like a lot of horror movies, but I love zombies. I don't know why. I am an unabashed fan of zombies. So give me a zombie movie and I'm already biased to like something about it, right? And Mm -hmm. the first time he took the reins in uh, with Dawn of the Dead, I really enjoyed what he did with that. I thought the James Gunn script was was fun. I love the the whole, you know, stuck in a mall thing. I, I love the sort of homage that it plays to the original. Uh, the it, it just was a, a great experience for me, and it has aged well. Like, every time I watch it, I, I have a good time with, with that movie. So I was looking forward to that with this movie. I thought, okay, he's leveling up, and you hear him talk about it, and he's he's leveling up the zombies. And instead of a mall where now we have a whole city to play with, uh, it it's just everything is going to be bigger and and fantastic. And uh, my experience was, I think, overall less than that. Uh, it, I was I was frustrated by a lot uh, of, of stuff that was going on. I still love the zombies. So there was all <laughs> we'll always have zombies. Uh, so I, I thought maybe we would start by by just sort of running through the things that Zack Snyder has said he was most excited about in bringing this tale to screen. Right. He he actually came up with this idea, uh, I, I think, after Dawn of the Dead, like it's been percolating for a long time. He pitched it in 2007. They've been talking about it for a long time. And it, it, it you know, something with this kind of, uh, you know, sort of runway, uh, creative and intellectual runway. You, you know, I'm, I'm interested to hear what are the things he's most excited about. So zombie playground in Vegas, we got to start with the zombies first. So we have now a pivot, his pivot on zombies they're not the just the reanimated dead anymore now they're also aliens wait <laughs> was i supposed to get that from i you? think I, I think i may have missed something <gasps> yeah <laughs> oh, i'm so excited about this this really okay because this was a this was i think a critical point um i i and i feel like it came so fast that it's <laughs> naturally maybe easy to miss so these, they're coming from Area 51. They're coming from Area 51. They're coming from Area 51. Okay. They yes. had okay. Together now. some right, cool. sort of symbiote relationship. In It was in that that tractor. And thanks to the, uh, you know, distracted road sex going on in the other car, they had the crash. And the alien Area 51 thing and the two military personnel in the cab were talking about, can you believe what we have in here? It's it's like this thing, Area 51, you know where we're coming from. It's it's right. like a so they're alluding to the fact that this is extraterrestrial. Whatever is in there has roots in outer space. So now I feel like I've surprised you. What do you think about that uh, evolution of the zombie lore? I completely missed it. Um, I, I think that, honestly, I think that even feeds a little bit into the one thing that bothered me about the second tier uh, zombies in the movie. That opening sequence, when he gets out of the box, his ability, how fast he moves, his ability to avoid gunfire, and, you know, and all those things that, that Zeus is doing in that, in that sequence. 
right? You know, make it seem like, okay, well, once they, you know, once he gets, starts biting people and making more of himself and everything, that they're really going to have a problem. Uh, then the movie, you know, goes to the regular zombies and they have the hierarchy zombies. But then even throughout the movie, when you see him again, he's not as fast. I guess he's as strong, right? But mm-hmm. he's not as fast and he's not able to evade and do stuff. He, he gets shot a bunch. He has his little helmet because he was able to figure out to not get shot in the head. But I, I think that to me, it seemed to be that they, they started with the promise of a much more frightening zombie and then just left it on the opening scene, right? Because never again is he that terrifying. And so, yeah, but I, I did, and it didn't, I did not put it together until you said just now um, that there was extraterrestrial, but I don't know that that adds much. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I feel like I just, you had to warm up to that. <laughs> uh, um, man, it yeah, it what like on on the list of things that like I that I want to discuss about that movie. That's that's going to be pretty far down on the list. Um, I you know it you there's a really good pun in here somewhere about about warmed over dinners and zombies. Um, mm-hmm. But the uh, the the zombie genre is pretty it's it's pretty mind um there's not a, there's not a lot that you can do um and i think there was potential for this one you know i think and the preview kind of gave it away but the idea that like you've got different classes of zombies and and there's there's a there's a class of zombie that seems to be civilized <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah there, there's you know it, the from i am legend yeah exactly yeah, yeah there's like there's something going on there like oh look they're building a community um we are the monsters or whatever, mm-hmm. but like that, that, you know, it ultimately didn't really matter to the movie. It was just a sort of another kind of, you know, another, another kind of mechanic to play with, um, which is fine. Anyway, I, I guess what I'm saying is nothing about this movie ultimately felt like very fresh to me. And so, uh, the fact that like, that the zombie was an alien, like I just, <laughs> I, it, like, I just, I, it, like, I really, like, I really don't care. I, you know, if it, and maybe, maybe I would have cared if it had been a, like, a more important piece of the plot, but it, like, wasn't. It, like, didn't matter at all, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that was, that was exactly my experience with it, because usually when you're exploring zombie territory, right, it, it, to me, it's more interesting when the, the fact that we're dealing with zombies is actually saying something, right? It's actually saying something, making some sort of commentary culturally on, on like, sure. what are, what are we dealing with? And I feel like there were no surprises in, in any of the sort of intellectual approach to zombie as a horror trope. Like, how, how are you going to use zombies beyond putting them to super tropey music choices uh and uh putting them in a place like using all of the things that if you if you said here i want to make a zombie movie in vegas i i feel like i could have played and run the table on zombie bingo imagery right on this movie and that because i went into it already having imagining exactly what he was going to give me when he gave it to me I I felt uh, uninspired. I didn't feel moved. I don't feel like I learned anything. I'm not sure what you're hoping to learn from Zack Snyder. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Is this the right time? I was invited to speak. (laughs) (laughs) The the representative from California would like to say a few words. You do. I mean, you are you have a a noted uh, challenge with Zack Snyder's movies and and his his art. I, I don't think that Zack Snyder has made any good movies. 
I, I could probably just stop there and that's might be my whole that might be my whole opinion. I mean, I'm I'm not one for stopping after one sentence, so I won't. <laughs> but um, but really, like I just I just am not sure. I'm not sure that Zack Snyder has made any good movies. And I and I would and I, I feel like it would be interesting to go to the mat with somebody who was a Zack Snyder fan for some reason, because people have a like every every Zack Snyder fan has a reason. Some people's reason is the movie 300. Some people's reason is the movie Watchmen. But in each case, I feel like I'm going to I could I could say demonstrably that this is actually not a good movie. Like you may have liked aspects of it. Like there were things about it that were maybe kind of fresh at the time. But um, I think 300 is probably the most pertinent example or the one that I'd like to dwell on for just a moment. It was it was a big deal at the time and it inspired a lot of people. But if you try to go back and watch it, it is unwatchable. And it's not just that the it's not just that a lot of the effects and the, and the style that he used and he kind of like I wouldn't say invented, but definitely used well in that movie. It's not just that all that stuff is really dated and doesn't play nearly as well now if you're like have modern sort of visual sensibilities, but also the story is awful i mean like the writing and the characters and the way that the whole thing progresses is so it's so cringingly bad that you don't you don't you feel you feel guilty for watching it you're like i don't want to be part of this um and this is and this is a this is this is a Zack snyder thing because he um i don't and, and i i have no opinions about him personally um i've heard he's a great guy to work with i've heard he's like a really uh, like a, a great and decent and nice kind human being and that's awesome and i don't think that he's talentless either I just think he's very bad at storytelling. Very, very bad. And this, uh, you know, and, and I think and I think you could track every single one of his movies and say this. It never works. It never actually comes together as a good story. If there are things about him that you like, fine. But he's not a good storyteller. And it's frustrating to somebody like me who cares more about story than literally all of the other stuff combined to keep showing up to Zack Snyder movies, hoping that like maybe somebody else got in a tent with him as they were trying to iron this stuff out. But no, it's just. It's just it's like his the hallmark of his movies is that the stories don't work like at all. Did you not like the source material for 300 and Watchmen? Because in those examples, th those aren't really original Zack Snyder stories. Right. And at that point, he's he's adapting other stories that and, and you know, being fans of both the source materials and, and honestly, those movies um, that they, you know, the deviation isn't great. Like, you know, so, you know, I will concede in 300 i don't know why they threw in a rape scene that didn't make that made no sense it added nothing right you know and that that whole that whole section but you know the the main thrust of the story is just from the book 300 that frank miller wrote so did you also not enjoy that but that's a great that's a great question but as a fan that's the exact right question to ask um because the problem isn't that the problem isn't the source the source material the problem isn't that Zack Snyder's never laid his hands on a good story. The problem is that when Zack Snyder lays his hands on a good story, it turns into a bad story. He doesn't, he doesn't have the, the, the sort of finesse that a director needs to get the, like, adaptation is a really, a really difficult art. You know, it's not just saying, oh, we'll just, we're just going to do this, but a movie. Like, you have to get it right. You have to, you have to treat the source material really respectfully and you have to figure out, it's a very complicated question of how to translate that into a totally new medium. And so, yeah, I mean, graphic novels lend themselves better to that kind of um, adaptation. But like, it's very telling that the most recent adaptation of Watchmen was a profound success in many, many ways um, and was very much an adaptation, but was using the same source material. Um, and uh, when it comes to 300, I, I, I haven't read the graphic novel. I imagine I'd love it. Like, I'm sure it's great. Um, the problem that I have is that in all the little details, 
he doesn't understand why it's working or how it should work. Um, my favorite example of this is, um, this is, and I think this is, I think this is, I realize this is totally cherry picked, but it's, I think it's a really good example because it's, I think, demonstrative of like his inability to sort of grasp basic storytelling principles, or I should say sophisticated storytelling principles. Cause anybody can say like, a character wants something and they try really hard and they, and they, you know, succeed sometimes and they fail sometimes. And, the, and then, you know, there's a climax and then you're done. Right. Great. Um, three acts, but like take the movie, uh, man of steel, which I think could have been a great movie in almost anyone else's hands. But at the very beginning of this movie, we get, and I, I could go into all like a whole bunch of problems with that movie, but the, the, this podcast is not about this episode is not about that movie, but um, the, the critical moment that I think like really illustrates what's wrong with Zack Snyder is that he will take a scene like the one where um, where Clark Kent is in the bar and he meets this guy and this guy is like kind of a kind of an asshole and he's once and and they have a thing and then like he leaves and he's like he does the he does the Clark Kent thing like the tough like silent strong silent type and he just leaves right and you're like that's that's great but then later and it's, I think this is how the screenplay was written and and Zack Snyder didn't write the screenplay so it's like great good job you handled it fine. But then later they walk out and there's a there's a what, like a telephone pole or something through this guy's yeah, the, truck. Yeah, the truck. Yeah, the truck right. is lifted up onto a phone pole. Yeah. Right. Which. OK, so so this is a this is a really, really good example of a 13 year old thinking that that was a great idea. Right. Like, wouldn't it be funny if. Right. But but what that does is it, it totally torpedoes Superman's character. Like we he's he's less sympathetic. Like he's not the person that we came here to see. Right. Like and this is and it, it, you don't get the sense that. That, that Zach understood what he was doing to the audience's relationship with Superman by including that scene. Does that make sense? Am I like, is this well, coming no, together no, it, at all? Not only does it make sense, that's not the scene I would have picked. For me, the, I, I always hang my hat on the neck-breaking scene because I feel like w- one of the pieces that, that, you know, one of the things that Zack Snyder does is uh, is just, I, I don't know if it's uh, in an effort to be sort of an active, activist filmmaker, uh, you know, with these cultural properties, but to do things that, that are are not creative, but they are damaging uh, in in some other in some other way to the legacy right. of a property that, that that he has ownership of. I that that's why I mean to your point. When I go back to Dawn of the Dead, one of the reasons I liked Dawn of the Dead so much is not because necessarily of the way he shot it. Although I I think he is one of the things I like so much about him is just the way he is behind the camera. He is an artist, and I feel like his touch with tone is is interesting to me, and it it appeals to me. Personally personally, but he didn't write that script for Dawn of the Dead, and you can feel it, right? You can feel it because it exists in, it, you You get to explore humanity and relationships in, and relationships in crisis in a way that you don't get with, and, and I'll, I'll pivot us back to Army of the Dead, any of that in this movie, right? I, I mean, yeah. I don't feel, and, and the thing I struggle with here is, is that is that Zack Snyder? Is that direction? Is that just straight performance? I had problems with many performances in this movie, and I couldn't I, I couldn't quite wrap my head around on on a single viewing if that's because they were poorly directed, poorly written, uh, or or just didn't quite have the, a handle on the kind of of character that they accepted when they signed on for the role. It, probably a little bit of of everything. As long as he didn't have a problem with Tig. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, Total I, I, MVP. I, I, 
total yeah, envy. I love Tig. If you have a problem with Tig, now, 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 you know, now, yeah. now we're having <laughs> no. <Now> we're <laughs> <up> to fight. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I don't yeah. have a problem with Tig. And I think, uh, Tig, speaking of MVP, just the way she ended up in the role, uh, you know, having to, to do the, Christopher Plummer uh, bit uh, to uh, replace what was what did we say? Chris uh, D'Elia um, yes. replaced uh, her and, and inserted into the movie. And I thought she was ably inserted into the movie. There were I I yes. knew going in that she had been di- digitally replaced in uh, into the film, and I I didn't notice it that much. Oh I, yeah, I, I I didn't know that, and yeah. and also didn't notice. Um, she is uh, a and and she is a a towering genius though. I mean, this is like, you can't, it's, it would be hard to, it'd be hard to ruin a, a Tig Nadaro performance. Like she is so good. Uh, so, so good. I, I want to, I want to say to your point about whether this was a directing thing or an acting thing or a performance thing. Um, if you see any actor who you like in other movies and you don't like in one movie, then like, it's not the yes. actor's fault. Yeah. And I think, and I, I would say this about Dave Bautista. I actually really like him i think he's uh very he has an incredibly narrow range he does like one kind of character but that's fine he does that pretty well and i like that brand yeah yeah yeah. does does it well and stays in it in a lot of his movies like like, when you look at the rest of his his catalog he's effectively playing the same character or same character type and and you can tell that he's taking advantage of he has his physicality uh and the way he looks and the ability to pull out those action sequences and I really think from professional wrestling, he has the ability to connect to a, a, a child, a child or younger actors and everything to do that. And I think that that plays from there. And he, most of his characters effectively do those two things in one fashion or another. And, and it works. And I, and I think that's a very smart career move on his part where he's like, hey, I have this lane and I'm going to stay successful doing this lane. Yeah, he, 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 found, he found his brand and like it totally works. He's, yeah. He is a a giant like mutant sized man who is a yeah. who's a big big friendly scowly teddy bear who can be yeah. terrifically violent when the situation calls for it exactly. um, yeah. and it's great and like i'm i'm totally down with seeing that kind of character again and again and again and like he and he and he does it he shows up he does the job like what do you want like there, there's nothing else that you you know hopefully are asking for from yeah from him and you know in general i actually was kind of fine with most of the performances i found um I'm going to, I'm going to nitpick first. Well, one, one thing I want to say, I want to see how, what you guys say, uh, how you guys feel about this, because this is one of the problems that I have with zombie movies. They tend to be pretty nihilist. Um, and I think in this case, it's sort of fake nihilism. It's like trendy nihilism because so everybody dies, um, except for like one person. And I'm not even sure if the person that she goes to try to rescue is alive at the end. Is she? I can't tell. I, I think she dies in the helicopter crash. Yeah, she yeah. dies so, in the helicopter. Yeah. Wow. Like, so. wow. Like, what are you trying to do? Like, yeah. so the, I'd say the biggest failure, and I probably should have said this at the front because this is the right answer when you say, how'd you like this movie? Well, I mean, to, 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 to be honest, I went thinking I was going to see a movie that was a lot of fun and understood that it was supposed to be a lot of fun. And instead, this is one, another complaint I have against Zack Snyder is his movies are rarely fun. Like, what are you doing, man? Like you're doing, you're, you're doing, you're using material. Like, and this, this is the best possible example you could possibly like have hoped for of a movie that shouldn't take itself too seriously and should take advantage of lots of opportunity for great, like sight gags and great, like, and, and, and snappy dialogue. I mean, Zombieland is the best version that exists of this kind of movie by far. Yeah. And so what are we doing with a movie called Army of the Dead where you have a king and a queen zombie? 
who like have taken, I mean, the whole premise is so incredibly outstandingly absurd that like, why wouldn't you take advantage of that? But somehow by the end, I feel like I've been continuously for two hours sold a movie that was supposed to be really serious. Well, that's not what I came for. And that's not what anybody came for. Like, so like at the very end, I, I just, I found myself kind of exhausted and like, pretty pissed off like i'm like i don't i don't want to be here anymore i don't want to be hanging out with this movie anymore it's just like it, it kind of it sort of under it under it oversold and under delivered on like all the things i was hoping for you know i finished the movie feeling exactly the same way you did like this is this was a real downer i didn't get that same experience from you know it, here's another one world war z right it ends on a kind of a similar note but i had a hell of a lot more fun with that movie uh even though it it tonally was serious. They sold a serious movie. The experience was serious, but I had a great time. Uh, Zombieland, tonally, it's a it's a horror comedy, and I had a wonderful time with that movie. It what it what it was. It sold me. I bought it. This movie by the end, I felt like he wanted me to feel at the end of one of his DC movies, right? He just was like, "This, I, this is who I am now. I'm, I'm an auteur, and I'm going to make things that are serious, and you're going to brood and think about them." But on account of the fact that I wasn't surprised at all by any of the horror like games that he was playing for me, and the movie doesn't say anything, right? No. It gives me nothing to no, think this is about. The weirdest thing about late, late stage Zack Snyder is that Zack Snyder is trying to sell you deep, profound, moody movies without any depth or profundity. I, so. I think you you made a you made a great point about like when you see an actor who uh, you know who I like in other things, but I struggle with this. It's a directing issue. This is another one of those little mechanics that I find myself thinking about. I watched the uh, making of uh, video that Netflix has put out on this uh, as well, and I enjoyed the hell out of that. <laughs> Like, I had so much more fun thinking about all the people who made the movie and the technology that they pushed to deliver the movie and all the hard work and sweat and blood that they put into this movie. And I really enjoy that. And so I I feel like this is one of those movies, even though my my emotional experience wasn't a fun one, uh, it was it, it was a bland. The experience of watching some of the things that they did on screen was really cool. And it can those two things can exist at the same time. I, I am I am shocked right now that I'm going to have to be the voice of trying to defend a movie that I thought was okay. Um, <laughs> no, guys, you're I the one. Wait a minute. Okay. Wait just a minute. Before we started, Ocean, yeah. you actually said 45 yes. minutes before the end of the movie, you had to drink harder. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, I did. Yeah, no, no, this was definitely a three drink movie for me. And, and, and so, you know, that I is clearly the problem that Jordan and I had. We were yeah, not drinking exactly. enough. Yeah, yeah, no. And so that's it. it was, and I think that's the thing that I, um, and and maybe our differences here are expectations, right? Like I. You know, I, I expected it to kind of be really a lot, a lot closer to what it was, right? Like now, the ending, we can talk about the ending aside because I, I agree with both of you on that. The ending was this weird tonal shift. And, um, you know, I actually had two reactions to the ending. And we, when we talk about that deeper, I'll, I'll, I'll get into that. But as far as the movie goes along, I mean, I just looked at it like, well, it's a silly zombie movie. Um, and then they had the, uh, you know, the, the psych gags in the, in the blood and, you know, in the gushes and the way they're killing people and things like that, right? So those things I found that like, hey, I, I could enjoy that part of the movie, right? You know, and so, but, you know, I, I will, I guess I will also admit that my unevenness to it was I enjoyed the visual aspects of it. I enjoyed the 
the container being dropped on the people when they're closing off Vegas. I enjoyed sure. the scene where, you know, they went to the horror movie trope of whether while this movie didn't have any sex, basically the woman out of nowhere def- professes her love to Scott. Uh, what is it? The, that Maria professes her love to Scott out of nowhere for no reason, which I didn't understand at all. But then uh, her hate gets snapped in half. And I was like, okay, now that makes sense. I'm, I'm good with this. It, it's, it was funny then. You're right? good with that? Uh, that, that, was, that, that was like that the ultimate knock-knock joke exactly, of like, exactly. Exactly. It was. it was it was a hundred percent a horror movie trope it was and, and i think that's kind of more along the lines of what i expected out of this i did not think of this as it was going to be a deep thinker or anything like that it was like it's going to be a zombie movie and they're going to have different rules and then that's what's going to happen and so but this is the problem with that though ocean that that that, that, that snyder is setting up the fact that this is an emotional thing you need to care about and giving us essentially the the horror equivalent of shaving a haircut like it, <laughs> yeah. it, it, i found that really like that is um that's manipulation that i didn't get on board with right like i yeah. i was never I, I was never okay. enchanted well, by that. Yeah, if you have these expectations of something that's going to be a deep, profound movie, this is not it, right? right. It has it has lots it has lots of problems on that level. I just, you really get this. You really do get the sense that he thinks he's making a profound movie, um, and and like that's that's the that's the 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 that's the thing that it's like I can't like abide because you start off with and 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 this is you know it's a tonal train wreck because at the very beginning like the, the opening sequence is like really like winking you know it's it's basically ripping off zombie land like yes. slow motion zombie attacks with like topless strippers like being zombies like attacking like you know the rich like rich sloppy guys who are you know yeah it's trapped the in vegas, vegas. Like, yeah yeah it's it, like it is it is absolutely like it is it is absolutely telling you this is what kind of movie we are and i'm like i'm in this is fun like we're gonna have a great time and then suddenly it's political and like it's 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 got lots of things to say about yeah. politics and pandemics and um and freedoms and refugees and i'm just like okay like slow down and also like if you're going to say something say it but it doesn't have anything to say it has nothing unique to say and and as you're trying to kind of like follow along and say okay maybe i okay like i'm you're you're telling me you have something important to say so i'm listening and then it does these these nice tricks where uh you know, like you said, there's this horror movie trope where she professes her love to him and then she gets her neck twisted. And it's like, this is, I would accuse it of being unkind if I didn't believe it was just ignorance. And I, and I, I, I do believe it's just ignorance. It's like, he doesn't understand what he's doing with tone. And so he delivers something that essentially is, it just doesn't work. I, I really celebrate a lot of what we saw on screen. And I feel like this would be a movie that it, like watched with it, maybe, I, I don't know, Pink Floyd's The Wall going on in the background, just turn the volume off. Maybe I'd have a different experience. If you um, need to medicate to watch a movie, it's, that's not, probably, a movie. it's not a great sign. No, <laughs> I, I don't want to play this game because it would be exhausting. Like, this is the thing. Like when I when I like a movie pretty well. It's it's nice to go into like specifics yeah. and be like, man, if they had just done this differently, yeah, they, or whatever, we could be on the low point train for you know all night, right? You know, yeah. on on the, on this, I I really don't. Other than uh, I did not need to get medicated to watch this movie, I chose to do. Yeah, I, I was I was getting medicated before the movie started, so therefore having to continue the party as it went on wasn't like a, there was a, ne- a need. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to set the record straight. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I so I I there are some things that I thought were were really cool and I know we started talking about the the zombies and as somebody who 
sort of celebrate zombies, I I just think you know the 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 alphas that are the alien infused zombies. Uh, I didn't get a whole lot. They also have the shamblers. Uh, eh, it, they they were fine. They were the more traditional zombies. The zombie tiger Valentine. Um, I I actually I, I maybe this is a high point of the movie because the the two animals like the signature animals in the movie I had a lot of fun with. I I liked every time the tiger was on screen, and I particularly loved when the tiger <laughs> ate Martin's head. Uh, there is a there is a lot of celebratory splashing of uh, of innards, blood, that kind of a thing. There's just a lot of blood, and I had a I had a great time with that particular stuff. The zombie tiger was completely CG modeled after a real white tiger, um, it, but uh, it, it was a completely CG character. The thing that is amazing is they found a horse that they were able to design a practical zombie suit for, and a horse That's freaking fantastic. wore it. That horse is one of the best performers in this movie. His name was Ace, and he was, an he ace. was super chill <laughs> yeah. in that suit. That's fantastic. He was an ace. Yeah. Was. That was incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, you know, in terms of the the creatures, the creature featureiness of this, that's where a lot of the work goes into this film. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, it, you certainly see the money on screen. Yeah, you do. And I, yeah, I, you know, again, I, I, I guess I can just echo the sentiment you had about the tigers. Is I, I, I did like the tigers. The horse to me was a was a kind of a bridge too far, but the tiger I thought was great, and, and I really enjoyed what they, you know, what they presented with that. Um, I think it would have been the. I'm sorry, I just have to uh, point of order. The horse was a bridge too far. Did you did you see the rest of the movie? You know what I did, and and I and I actually will, I, we can talk about some <laughs> other parts of this movie because there there are things here that I think were enjoy, enjoyable, right? So, but from a technical standpoint, I, I like the tiger. I thought that the zombies, you know, what they did with them, not only the uh, with with the the stereotypical slow ones, at least of the old, you know, they're the slow ones. Um, the the mm-hmm. way they still kind of were more swarming and overwhelming, kind of like they were just slowly like a boa constrictor to to get to their prey versus you know the faster ones that are the smarter with the society. And so I think that... The, Those the, of the, the Krav Maga parkour exactly, of zombies. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, and so how they, you know, basically the way they were able to, uh, you know, the way it looked and the way, the way it felt, I thought they did a good job with it as far as zombies go. I, you know, I, I'm not a zombie aficionado, but th- I was fine with them with that. Uh, I think that, honestly, for me, though, a lot of it was, and I'm, you know, segueing back to the opening sequence, which was, you know, where I really thought they did the, best job of, you know, kind of showcasing and featuring what, you know, kind of what these zombies were. At least, at least the, the, what do they call them? Shamblers? The, 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 sh- the, the uh, yeah, there the, were, there the alphas and the, the shamblers. shamblers. Yeah, the, the shambler versions, right? In terms of, and, and how they're really, their power and everything was really more about numbers and how they were then swarming and, you know, you know, coming in. And I did like, I did enjoy that. Um, but, you know, that, I guess that's really all I have to say about the technical part. The thing that I did want to talk to, and I'm just going to pivot over to it, was, you know, kind of get sure. your thoughts on the, the opening sequence, right? That, that I, I really, you know, the, the opening sequence, the Viva Las Vegas song was kind of fun, you know, and I, I, I did enjoy that. Um, and then also, you know, the, the way to use that as a structure to tell origin stories, right? Because it, it, was, it was the mechanism they were using to kind of cram in a lot of disposition to explain who these characters were just quickly with a couple of, you know, photo shots of them and their family and then the story going on and then not uh and i really didn't realize until i I watched it the second time these that opening sequence that that whole opening sequence is really this story of a character they don't name 
right? It was that the one woman that, you know, she was, it was her and her daughter. And, you know, she, you know, so she then becomes one of the people that are fighting and has, you know, with all the guns and killing zombies and then finds her daughter and then they get crushed by the container, right? And that, that, that was a good way to tell that story in a way that you kind of felt for a character that really didn't say anything. Um, and, but also then introduced all the different characters, at least the main characters in, in this fashion. And I, I, I thought it was a nice way to do it. If there was a bit of a nod to kind of how Run Lola Run worked, where it introduced characters, you know, in quick, you know, gave you fuller stories in quick, uh, quick sequences. Uh, but, but, you know, as, you know, as we're talking about, you know, as far as low points, high points of the movie, for me, this was one of the higher points of how they structured this. And so I was just also curious what your guys' opinion was of just that section of the movie that I thought was very well done. I think it would be a great, it, like, it, it might have been a great short. And I think that's why you, you get a lot of it, like, in lead up to the movie. Like, it was, it, like, there was a lot of it that had been released as part of the promo mm-hmm. material of the film. And um, I, I'm i with you. I actually had a, a great time with that sequence. The fact that we got that sort of uh, the, a bit of the origin story of the, the apocalypse. We follow this character. We get sort of the, the teasers of all of the hero shots mm-hmm. of of the, our main characters, and then it decidedly ends. Right, it her life ends as she's taken by zombies, yeah. and they drop the crate on her and the and her daughter. And uh, I thought that was, in so far as it was sort of crushing. <laughs> I, I said it. Uh, A golf I, clap. I did. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Like I. I do feel like um, ironically that was the experience i had watching that sequence i was like well done i'll i'll give you i'll give you a little okay. something for that i thought this is a great way to set me up for this movie i hope the rest of it is this cuz i would love it yep. yeah the rest of it was not that huge high but, point yep no i i agree i i don't have much to add i thought the the opening sequence was was very engaging very fun um you know hyper stylized uh no dialogue um doing very i'd say relatively simple work but doing it really well Giving us powerful beats, yeah. too, right? When she opens that car door to rescue that couple and sees he's been beaten, and you watch her be exhausted by this whole process and pull out her, her right. firearm and, and kill them both, like, that that was hard. Like, that was... The the, the opening credits had a, a solid arc, <laughs> they, right? They did. And, and I... It was... That was really compelling. Sure. So let's compare that to to the end. Then let's let's take that to okay. the, the end of the film because I feel like the the end of the film. Well, it was sort of there were two endings. I think there there might have been more endings than that. But the two <laughs> that I'm thinking of are first the the helicopter crash, right? Yes. And and so we have the helicopter crash where we've already said everybody dies except for one character who is the only character the, that I actively rooted for to die from the moment <laughs> she, she was gets very on the annoying. She was very so unsympathetic. Annoying. But when, she, when she shoehorns her way into the mission. I was like, just shoot her in the face and let's move on, right? I could, I could not stand her the whole movie, right? And I, and I was like, yeah, I'm like, how is it the one character I don't care about is the one that lives in that scenario? So the, yeah. the, the, the helicopter crashed to me. Was just, yeah, that that is the character. When I say that I had a lot of problems with multiple characters, I really did. I had a problem. With, like, I really had a problem with the way it was written and performed yeah. and structured into the film. It was yeah. not. I, I was I was with you. I, could she have been left behind inside the compound? That would have been fine. And here's another example. This is his. This is his signature. He thinks. I mean, he's the guy who gave us both Batman and Superman have the same name, mother. Like, like guys. This is not. This is not surprising. This is not surprising. This is what he does. He thinks. Ooh, I know how to. I know how to do this. I know how to get people rooting for the main character. I know how to like pull heartstrings. No, you don't. You don't know how. You don't know how real. 
human relationships work. Like none, nothing worked from that, like from top to bottom, like you, you are left wondering the same as he says he's wondering like, Oh, I thought she was mad. Cause I killed her mom when she was a zombie. But like, obviously that doesn't make sense. And obviously if that was true, if that was true, then it would be completely unjustifiable and unsympathetic and like would hundred percent undermine almost every other aspect of your story. But then on top of that, like, we, we find out, oh, it's not true. Well, of course it isn't true. We knew it couldn't be true. We, we, sus- we suspected it might be true. And we, 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 our faith in, in, in you as a storyteller was shaken because we suspected it might be true. But then you, you, you covered it up and said, it's not true. It's actually something way lamer. It's that like, <laughs> you, I, I was, I'm sorry. I was not, I was not, uh, I was not. He, she, what, he wasn't there to. You're you're recovering from your own trauma. Even though I was a grown ass person when this happened, I was not (laughs) willing to just like, it was just, there was, it was so unsympathetic, so unsympathetic. Every single one of her choices was unsympathetic. Like we get like being caring about somebody else wanting to make sure that they survive. Like, great, great, great. But the way that you're executing that, that storyline is so bad. It's so Yeah, I just... Well, the problem is that storyline exists because it is something that it's like the lowest of the low-hanging fruit to to get attached to an audience. And when it's done well, it's done really well. I'm a parent. Like, I am so sympathetic to all of this stuff. Like, had she been younger when she was, like, had this whole thing taken place where she witnesses as a child sure. her father then maybe we, yeah, killing maybe her we're mother, like, I get it. maybe, yeah. like, yeah. right, I get that she has an irrational problem, but you're right, it is way lamer the way it actually <laughs> and, plays and the way, out. And when she says, when she says, like, uh, I can't just stop hating you all automatically, I'm like, I like I I had like barely not was barely <laughs> listening at that point. I was like, whatever. Like, let's just freaking move on. You know what? The, the only thing I was thinking during that entire like incredibly long, arduous dialogue sequence is that really good filmmaking is about having scenes of like dialogue, like expositional dialogue, like big moments happening where the characters are doing something other than just talking to each other. And I'm like, you have, you are in a zombie hellscape in like shattered Las Vegas. You, are you telling me you can't find anything for your characters to do while they're having this conversation so that I can be paying attention to anything? I mean, at least that we, at least there could have been that. And then if you, and then, you know, as a bonus, if you're writing good dialogue and something interesting is happening, well, then you're, you know, you're cooking with oil. Like, but like, we're, yeah. they didn't give us, we didn't have either. It was bad dialogue and there was nothing else happening. I was like trying to take a nap. Well, uh, okay. So <laughs> I, we're, we're, we, we, we got off target. We were target. talking, about the, uh, we were talking the about the end and yes, Ocean the end. Ocean was the one who pulled the plug on that one. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So everybody dies. And then we have the, we have the final sequence with the, in the airplane. Yes. Uh, right with, with uh, uh, so, so Amari Har- Van, Van Der, yeah, Vander Rowe, I think is how, Van Vander Haven, is how you Van the character's name is Amari Hardwick. Um, yeah. he was one of the when I said I had two reactions to the the ending. You know, you have to me there's the two endings. There's the one with the when the with the plane crash with the sorry with the helicopter crash, which I again was rooting for everybody that died. Um, and then two <laughs> is when uh, Amari Hardwick uh, or Vander Ho, uh, Vander Rowe, I don't know how to pronounce his name. We'll say um, Vander Rowe. Vander Rowe. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah, when Van Der Rohe yeah, comes uh, when, he, when he comes out of the of the safe, right? Because when they dropped the bomb, one of the first things I thought was, wait a minute, he's in a safe, so yeah. they may make it where he's gonna live. Right? Yeah. And so when he popped out, I actually found that I was a little bit excited, and I recognized that the reason I was yeah. excited is because I've watched a lot of horror movies, and brothers don't make it to the end, right? And <laughs> no, so I was like, don't. hey, black man's gonna make it to the credits. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, this is, you know, just the, the, I was like, you've just got up half a star for me on this alone, right? And so, you know, so then my reaction, so I, I like, I, I. I saw it coming a mile away that because he was in the safe, he's going to live. He pops out, he has the money, and he goes, you know, he goes in and gets on the plane. And the second he starts feeling a little bit drowsy, I, of course, am like, oh, okay, so he must be, you know, he's, this must be the trope we're setting up for the sequel, right? And so you can, yeah. so the, the thing about it is while I liked it because he lived, I found it interesting that I was like, well, I'm enjoying this, but I know exactly where this is going. And then he sees the bite. The, the pilot announces they're landing in Mexico City. And then he, you know, just looks at, he sees the bite on his, on his arm and he's like, uh, you know, he, 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 he's yeah. upset about that. And then it's, it's roll credits. And I was like, oh, okay. So we've set up our sequel for Army of the Dead Mexico City. Okay. You, you mm-hmm. know, and so that was, you know, and it was, it was, and they've done a pivot. The, they've the, made him now. He's going to be starting the the right. plague in right, Mexico right. City, and the, he'll be our alpha. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, he'll be you know the main guy for whatever it is in that. And so and so that's kind of that was kind of my two thoughts of it. Well, one was that they were just doing one was horrible garbage with the helicopter, and the other one was they're doing service to set up a sequel. Yet one more instance of this movie being just incredibly dismaying um, is yeah. I would say I'm, I'm with you ocean on pretty much all of this like he's i mean not only is like does the black dude get to live but like also he's the unqualified most likable character in the entire cast <laughs> like i i like want him to survive more than i want almost anyone else to survive and so like him getting trapped and 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 the like the really beautiful relationship between him and the like the german safecracker like yeah it's it's great. It's like, that's like, that was my favorite part of the movie. And so like, and you know, I was like, you know, it, it, insofar as this movie ever like hit a, like, a, like an emotional success for me, it was when um, Dieter like sacrifices his life for Vandero and like traps him in the safe. And I'm yeah. like, Oh, that works. Right. I'm there. And then, you know, the nuke goes off. I'm thinking the same thing. I'm like, Oh my gosh, he lives. And he's got like a hundred million dollars. Like, yeah. that's, <laughs> this is great. Like you're going to give me like, something to feel good about at the end of this movie because frankly you didn't earn all the bad feels <laughs> that like yeah. Are, yeah. That, that this movie is dishing out so like when he's climbing out and he's got the money and stuff i'm like i'm like yes this is awesome and i'm like you know the the plane and like all this the thing is that like yeah i mean i like i'm i'm pretty like gullible and i also don't like this genre is not my genre like i i don't generally like zombie movies and so i'm not thinking like oh he's totally going to be like zombified and he's gonna whatever i am thinking it's a little strange that like he's uh you know we're following for so long (laughs) like i get it like yeah he's got the money he's alive great the end roll credits please um and so uh (laughs) and so he's so he's on the plane he's he's enjoying a toast and then you know the thing happened anyway i i well like yeah it's a big it's a giant it's a giant bummer it's like yeah you're trying to set up your sequel but like at the expense of the only thing that i was happy about by the end of this movie 
So thanks. Like, I will not be coming to your sequel. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I struggle with that. And, and this is, this is, that is one of those examples of snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, <laughs> yes. right? And, and there were, yes. there, there are three great <laughs> Shoot, examples that we've already talked good. about. We have to keep yeah. <laughs> yeah, nip that in the butt. The opening credits, we've already talked about that the, the uh, safe cracking assault is a, a great example of that because, as you said, it was really fun and their relationship was one of the best relationships I'm talking about. Easily. Dieter and Vandero. Yeah. They were they were really fun and that whole set was was fun and interesting and it was the right kind of visceral video game experience Absolutely. like it it was the the assault the tower defense like I got all of the right feelings out of that and then we get the 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 hibernation sneak actually and this was uh, before but this is another one of those examples of 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 things I struggle with that are nonsensical uh, they are sneaking through the uh, cutting a maze through the weirdly hibernating zombies and they hibernate with their arms out like trees <laughs> yeah. like Look, I, I'm I don't an understand that <laughs> uh, Dave Batista his character Scott is moving his way through and dropping these these light things why was the bodyguard Martin yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Garrett Dillahunt why was he s- such a jerk to everybody like I get that he was he had other motivations to serve his boss but this sequence is one of those where I'm thinking just because this woman was a little bit rude to him he actually shanghai's the entire operation yeah. they they took a, a really sort of a, a nice tense set piece and made me stop to think about it yes and that is a curse of these movies if you make me stop for a breath to ask the question why why is that character so stupid right now it breaks the entire i'm no longer yeah yeah that that scene had multiple whys why was he so stupid that he thought of of course she's gonna start shooting and it's gonna wake them all up and then you know you know then now they all have problems and you start start petering what they're doing but two, and this was my why with it as well, which was like, you know, so she is in this no-win situation, and then, you know, they cut to everyone else that are coming out. You think she's dying. She jumps out of the window in front of them all, and she's alive, right? And now I'm yeah. cheering. I'm like, yes, this, this, this yes. woman's a total badass. Yes. yes. She's going to come out and make it, right? She's got, she's made it to the friend. She's going to get some help. She's going to live, and they just watch her die. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, yeah. wait. Their friends don't do yeah, anything. Like, you guys all Her have guns. Friend. You all know how to shoot. You know, mow them down. Exactly. Mow them down. Because right? I mean, she, she had it down piece. to where it's like, dude, you got to kill four. And she gets up and walks away. Yeah. Right. And, and they're just yeah. staring They at were her. all the slow ones. Yeah. Too. Exactly. Yeah. And they were all yeah. the slow ones. And so uh, the, for me, and that, that's, what, that's what killed it for me was I, that sequence, I didn't understand. That's when I hit the why. Like, because. I mean, first off, he was being a jerk, and I was like, okay, that's that's his character trope, or, or whatever it is. But I was like, well, why why is she dead? You know, because it didn't make any sense to me that you know what why they was doing that. And so then then and I think that to creates a cascade of well, now I'm thinking about everything, right? And now I'm thinking about what is it I'm watching, what is it I'm seeing, and then that to me that to me created the unevenness, right? Because I found I found this movie more enjoyable when I was not thinking about everything, yeah. when I was just trying to take it on what it is, right? Let's and, talk and, about trust. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about trust, okay? <laughs> this is, this is, and this is the reason, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I, not to keep railing on Zack Snyder, plenty of filmmakers are bad at this, like plenty of storytellers are bad at this, but the thing, the hallmark of a bad storyteller is that you lose trust. And like, mm-hmm. so this is, this is a, a, a huge sort of, you know, when you when when you learn about writing like writing screenwriting in particular it's a very careful balance to maintain the audience's trust if you lose their trust 
then you they then it doesn't matter how many things you get right. Like if you lose their trust, they'll be questioning everything you do. And so like many times in this movie, um, Snyder loses our trust. Like that's a great, a great example is that we're getting in this moment where we're, we're like, oh, here's a fantastic, you've earned this. Like you, you like, I love this snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Like, yes, absolutely. You've earned this wonderful moment, not only to like, to really cement this, this, uh, this chick is a badass in the team and like, we love her and we're rooting for her. And then like that earns you even more like, you, you know, that that banks right. you way more to use later mm-hmm. yeah. um and a great relationship with this like a great antagonistic relationship with this guy because he he'll just deny it right like i mean there's i mean it's it's obvious but instead you kill her and so and by killing her you've broken trust with your audience like you've essentially you've written an equation and then you gave us the wrong answer and so now we don't trust you anymore and so now every time something comes up i'm wondering like is this going to work like story wise is this like are you going to mm-hmm. give me what I deserve as an audience? Like, are you going to pay this off in the right way? And the answer repeatedly throughout this movie is no. Like, no, I'm not going to, it's not going to work. Yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a really great way to put it because I, the, the real challenge is, and I think this is what you hear um, when it works is, you know, the filmmaker really surprised us. They did something we thought was going to happen. And then they surprised us by doing the, the other thing. Yeah, right. But it was better. It was better. It was, it was, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. So here we, here we have this example where, you know, I, I can see making a case that, oh, letting her die would have been, was the emotional surprise. That's the case we're making. You're going to be so surprised and heartbroken that this would happen in front of you. But, but I'm, because my trust is broken. I don't believe that you had my goodwill at heart yeah. Yeah. In, it, when you yeah. did this. I don't believe you were looking out for my experience. It's called a gotcha. I believe it's you were. It's a gotcha. Yeah. It's, 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 it, you, you, you get the sense that you're in the filmmaker's house, that he's not in your house. Like, he's not there for yes. you. He's there for himself. And that, he's that there for sucks. Like, I don't want to yeah. be watching you play games with me. Like, I don't want, like, th- like yeah, it, it's, it's a very, and I, once again, I don't think, I don't believe that Zack Snyder is doing this intentionally. I don't think that he actually, that he actually has contempt for his audience, but that's how it feels. No, I don't either. That's how it feels yeah. when you watch a scene like that. It feels like the filmmaker has contempt for you. And it's just like, ooh, I got gotcha. you. See, you thought you were going to get a good scene, but I gave you something that sucked. Like, there, <laughs> take that home. Yeah, like I've yeah, made yeah. it. I've made you feel yeah. bad. But, but see, you're feeling. Isn't that <laughs> yeah, something? Yeah. No, no, I didn't no, come it, to this it, movie for what you just did. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. I, I have no problem with her dying. I just think that you would have gotten a much better emotional payoff had she died. I don't know, fifteen minutes later. Yes, exactly. Right? Just, yes, yeah, just uh, save, save her, her. So right. we already feel yeah, good. Exactly. You could you could have thrown her in with the tiger sequence, and the tiger could have killed him both right but you would have yeah. been like okay i'm i'm all right with it now yeah right, you know, lots so. of options yeah, lots, yeah. Of, yeah. Lots, of options. lots of options is there you know what you you put her in that scene with the tiger yeah. and put her in a position of trying to defend him oh, yeah. against yeah. the yeah. tiger yeah. we've just armchaired this sequence yeah. better yeah. oh no like, absolutely we just, remember when we said yeah. we weren't going to do this but hey i'm all yeah, we in. totally Let's did do it, it. yeah, yeah. You, know who did? Did it. you know who did you know what that exact thing that you just said was done in the movie toy story three at the very end when they're all getting conveyor belted to the fire yeah. pit in the dump in the dump like and and freaking strawberry smelling what's his name uh like is like he it was it's great like there's plenty and this is once again these are things that you could do and like there're pl- plenty of opportunity i feel like that's the hashtag for this movie plenty of opportunity 
all of it left yeah. on the table. Here's another one. It's all headroom. here's another one. They're walking. They're, they're, <laughs> they go in very, very beginning. They 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 pierce the veil. They get in. They they go past the you know, they're in the secret. Ent- I love that, by the way, by the shot beautifully. They're, you know, in the shipping containers and it's dark and there's it's weird and it's cool. And they open it. It's brilliant light. It's great. And they walk out and there's these piles just mountains of like bodies and they're and and you get this expositional dialogue as they're walking like who are they what is this and she's and and there's a comment made there's a comment made that i desperately wish hadn't been made because all it did was disappoint me later which is that oh you should see it when you should see him when it rains i'm like oh yeah why do you need a why nuke? Did it rain? you don't need a nuke <laughs> You don't need a nuke. Let it just freaking like let the weather happen. Because and by the way, the weather is a way more compelling plot device than a nuke. It's like so, and, and you just set up this incredible sequence that I would have paid money to go see. And you just and it just it, like it's like he for, it's like they forgot that they wrote that. It's like uh, it doesn't. I mean, it was whatever. It was just an idea. Who cares? Like I care. Yeah. You put a gun on the table, Chekhov. Like somebody <laughs> right. shoot it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we made our case, but I want to talk about some things that I really like. And a, a lot of what I really like about this is in the technology that they use to to kind of push these forward. This is uh, one of the bits that was really interesting is how they did the motion capture because it, it is uh, a new system. It's called the XSENS system. There are no motion dots and motion capture cameras. All the, the motion technology is built into the suit. And so they were able to get just sort of much greater fidelity and real-time performances. And in fact, the stunt uh, the people who did the motion capture uh, in the suits were also the same people that they actually had on set in New Mexico uh, shooting this thing. So you got great fidelity uh, of performance. And I thought the the way the zombies moved and looked in big crowds, I actually thought was really great. I, I enjoyed the makeup. I enjoyed the performances of these creatures. Um, you know, I loved the the Cirque du Soleil-ness of the, the sort of modern dance approach that they took to the to our principal uh, alphas. I, I think they looked great. And again, you talk about lots of opportunity. They had all the right pieces going into this movie. It it looks wonderful. You see every dollar on it's screen. a blockbuster. It's a it's it, it's a yeah. total blockbuster. Um, oh, they they did the the level of attention to actually scan Las Vegas right to scan Las Vegas with these lidar cameras that they flew around real Las Vegas to get millions of points and rebuild a massive digital model of Las Vegas and then construct the models the the practical sets to rebuild based on those models and digitally augment them with all of this data that they have I mean it is the most extensive destruction of a digital and practical uh, a city that has ever been done and I think it looked wonderful all the icons that they kept up, you know, the 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 Lady Liberty and the I, I mean, all of it was just really uh, it just was beautiful. So I, I again like this is I, I know it is um, it's a bit it, it's a bit of an apologist statement to say I'd love to watch it with another script, but like with another movie audio playing on the other side like maybe i'll just play day of the dawn of the dead um <laughs> while watching just this one because I, I, I sure did enjoy the the look of it i think the sequence some of the sequences were really taught the end was a, a massive letdown as we get to the you know the the actual rescue in the hotel i felt was just yeah i, I it was just hollow uh, uh but again my trust had been fully fully broken the rescue, so, when they uh, rescue the three people that the the when they rescue the daughter's friends 
All, all of whom, all of whom died. Yeah, you remember that bit when uh, the the one character I didn't like went to rescue the three people I didn't care about. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that, 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 that was yeah. the sequence. That was yeah, the yeah. sequence. And then they uh, died, and I, she I, lived, and no one cared. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, no one cared. Right. Zack Snyder, uh, he shot it him, himself. He is uh, uh, very much a, a DP uh, in his history and loves the camera. And I love his photography. I love like, him behind the camera. I do. I, do I really too. do. Yeah. He shot this using his favorite. It was all shot on 8K uh, red monstros. And he had uh, his favorite lens, which was this Canon lens from 1965 that he had rebuilt into a cinema housing so he could adapt it to the red. And so it has basically a limitless depth of field. So that's why his nickname is Zach Depth of Field Snyder. Like this exists in and out of focus. And his own words... This movie is way more in focus than I thought it would be. <laughs> that that should maybe be telling. <laughs> I, you know, you know the worst. That the is worst a direct thing about this, quote. The worst thing about this is that if I got to spend any amount of time with Zack Snyder, I'm sure I would love him. I'm sure he would just I be know. such a wonderful guy. Like who I would just yep. just. And this is this is why he keeps getting hundreds of millions of dollars to tell stories. Yes, and it's. And it's it's a tragedy because I don't think I don't know. It's a tragedy because 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 it's it gets a waste. It's a waste. And frankly, and this is the worst the thing about um, and uh, uh, the way that lots of studios approach. Uh, and I Warner Brothers is the worst offend- offender because they have like just piled money on this guy. Is that the, is that they treat some people like they're auteurs, like they are that they are the sort of like you know. Uh, that they can do, they, they, they can and should do it all. And I don't know, I have no idea what Zack Snyder's opinion about all this is, but I would love for his talent to stop being wasted by his inability to tell good stories. Um, because that's, that's to me, that's what happens. It's like, what, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could go see a movie that had like an incredibly good and sophisticated storyteller, like on the page, work with Zack Snyder to like make something really grand and beautiful. But instead, what we get is somebody who's incredibly good at like the mechanics of filmmaking and who does not understand the nuance of storytelling. And that's a real it's a real frustration. It feels like it's a waste on on sort of both fronts. Uh, He is such a a talent, talented visual filmmaker. And I really love watching the images that he puts on screen. And there are some really iconic hero shots in this movie uh, that that celebrate that over and over again. And the the fact that they are presented in a story that you ultimately sort of don't don't care so much about is is sad because lots of opportunity. Yeah, I, I find that I can have some agreement with you on this movie in the specific. Although that I, when it comes to Zack Snyder's overall milieu, there are pieces in there that I really do like and enjoy. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, but with this specific movie, there were I I, I see what you're saying. I um. I see what you're saying. I do think, you know, the, the visuals of it was, was great. And I, I do think that the, the story is uneven. I, it, I, I'll say again, I love zombies. Like, this is my genre. I'll watch this movie again for that reason. <laughs> yeah. But at least I feel like I know what's on the tin. I, we, we should talk a little bit about what comes next for Army of the Dead. For those who don't know, uh, this is the, the first entry into the 
what is proposed to be the Army of the Dead universe. Uh, we have two properties that are guaranteed already in production. The first is Army of Thieves, which is due later this year. Uh, Matthias Schweinhofer uh, played the role of, of Dieter, Ludwig Dieter. He was the safecracker. Matthias is actually going to be, uh, it, it is the, a prequel story of Dieter, and Matthias is going to be directing it, and it's a series. It, it is not a uh, it's not a standalone film. It's actually a prequel series. Um, apparently, he is a massive star in Germany and Netflix is is looking to uh, cash in on a little bit of that international flair. I thought he was great. Oh, yeah. He was a, a charming and fun, fun character in this movie. So I, I think that, that's great. More of that, the better. Uh, the other piece is Army of the Dead Lost Vegas, which is an anime series uh, that should serve as an origin story to the whole incident uh, that is also due out later this is it year. An anime or animated? Like, is it anime? anime. Okay, that, that it is style? anime. Okay. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I'm looking, I think I look forward more to the, the Dieter prequel uh, than, the, than the anime. And I'll part, I will admit part of that is my prejudice is I'm not a giant fan of animes. Um, but uh, the, yeah, the Dieter prequel. And then also, I think it's interesting, A, I, he, he was good in the movie. Uh, the character is charming and worked. And, you know, to find out more about where he came from, that lets us, that lets us into kind of, well, you're not now limited to zombies. Right, they they could they could just yeah. discuss. You know, he did some heist in New Jersey, you know, like five yeah. years ago, and then, they, and then that could be the story. And then they could sprinkle in the zombies because you know that it's kind of coming to then you know ultimately tie it into this movie. But I, I I do I do I hope they do a good job with with that. Set it far enough back in the past to give them some wiggle room so they can really tell a few good stories there. Well, and to hear uh, Schweinhoff talk about it, he says this is, I mean, there there will probably be zombies because it's the Army of the Dead universe. But the the bottom line is it's not a zombie story. It's a character story. So uh, I'm I'm more interested in that and certainly interested in in staying in this universe and seeing what else is there. Like, I, I think there is a lot of material to be mined here, and I think it'd be fun to to kind of play um, as long as they're going to throw money at it and maybe give us some different people. Yeah. Um, naturally, I assume a direct sequel, but nothing is, has been announced, well, and I don't know if Snyder w will direct. It's one of those things where they're talking about, well, if it does, all right. But what is clear is Zach and Deborah Snyder are in the captain's chair of the universe right now, and so because they've been you know, so successful that, that, with DC, that may cut. Yeah, right. That may color our <laughs> uh, our overall impression of opportunity. But uh, that that's where it is. So uh, okay, I, we've, we've done a, done. We've done a hell of a did lot you guys, here. Did that, did uh, that any read other on my mic? Uh, my deep, deep, exhausted sigh was that? Of, of a DC? It was, oh, I oh, I no, got no. I got everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, you know, every and I'm, and I'm, every and single bite. DC messed up by bringing the the Justice League together too soon. They should have done the Marvel model where you made separate movies. They have bigger characters that are more well-known. They should have been making billions of dollars off these characters. And then you bring them together at the end, you have an amazing thing going on, and they just rushed the whole thing to, to get them all together. And didn't yeah. Work. I am biting my tongue so hard that I taste blood. <laughs> I Just you, you, how bad you want to lean in or how bad, how much you actually love what DC has done and you no, want to counter no, no, no. Ocean. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm totally with Ocean. Yeah. I just, I think, I think there is a, a catastrophic lack of leadership at Warner Brothers yeah. um, for that franchise. And it's, it's, Okay. <laughs> Once yeah, again, it, it so, much opportunity. Yeah, so, <laughs> so much opportunity. So much opportunity. Well, that's going to be the subtitle of this episode for yeah. sure. Uh, any, I, we've, I feel like we've left a lot uh, on the table here. Sure. But anything else that you want to talk about in terms of uh, you know performances, look and feel? Tig for the win. 
So, I mean, really, take honestly, for the win. Take for the win. Take for the win. Yeah. 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 Take is great. She's, I, there's a great, she, I was watching an interview with, with her and she said something that was, I thought was really funny. Uh, she said, you know, directors who cast me, they, they learn pretty quickly that I, I cannot be directed. <laughs> like, she's, they, they come to me and they say, can you be a little more? And I say, wait, 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 wait. The answer is now and will always be no. No, I can't be a little more anything. I don't know how. So you cast me. This is all you get. You're gonna, and, and I, I think that's amazing because I, I will watch every minute with yeah, her doing yeah. just I will watch, yeah. I will watch anything that she's in. Anytime. Yeah. Have you yeah. have, have you guys yeah. seen uh, One Mississippi on a- Amazon Prime? No, no. You need to. That, okay. That's all I'll say. Like all she, right. that's okay. her show. She, yeah. There's two seasons of it, and it's it's. I no, I didn't. Yeah. I've never, never heard, heard of yeah. this. Yeah. One yeah, Mississippi. It, absolutely. Brilliant. I just got so excited. She was in the, the Star yeah. Trek oh, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's I in I Discovery. I was yeah. so excited yeah. about that. But I, no, One Mississippi's total news. One Mississippi. There's two two short two short seasons on Amazon. Then they killed it because they do. That's what they do. That's that's their mo. Um, well, create sure. an amazing show and then kill it. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're really they're really good at that. But yeah, go go check it out. If nothing else, if 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 our list, if the listeners of this episode get nothing else uh go do that because that's okay oh, the, she's b- amazing believe me the listeners of this episode got something else <laughs> <laughs> i we we have to do the part that i'm i i may be most uh, reticent to introduce here which is our rating we use our letterbox our friends over at letterbox.com slash the next reel uh you can see all the movies that we've talked about we we it's on a five-star scale and you also have the opportunity to augment that scale with a heart uh so for example in my case i am going to go ahead and give this two stars. I'm going to give it a heart, and I'm going to give it a heart because zombies. <laughs> I will watch this again. I know what I'm getting. It's not a great movie, but I am giving it a heart. I'm fascinated here. That's great. Yeah. That's great. I, you're breaking the mold, man. That's why, <laughs> that's why the, it, to, in my mind, that's why the heart exists, yeah. because oh, sure. I think what this movie has just defined is a guilty pleasure for me. I, if you stop me and think about it on a podcast, it's not a good movie. It's not a great story, but there is so much zombie that I will celebrate it again. I will watch it again. Yeah, I can see that, and I'm I'm in a little bit, uh, pretty much a similar vein. I I actually did enjoy it a little bit more uh, than you did, and I would give it uh, two and a half stars. Uh, uh, again, also with the heart, because I will watch it again when they set up the sequel with Amari Hardwick starring, and so I, I need to catch up to see what's going on there with it. I I again, I did enjoy it very much visually. Uh, I do understand if we talk about it, there are tons of problems with it. But it, it, in, all, in all honesty, I enjoyed this. And I really do think eventually um, this will be something I'll be talking about on a Silver Linings podcast. I absolutely think this is Silver Linings territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, is, this is our link. Uh, yeah. yeah. All, right, all right, Jordan. Wh- what movie are we talking about again? <laughs> <laughs> I know at the end of this conversation, a number will be drawn. I am not convinced there will be a heart. <laughs> um, I I would like to paraphrase the the judge or the whatever you would call it, um, the referee in the movie Billy Madison, and say, "I award this movie no stars, and may God have a mercy upon its soul." <laughs> <laughs> zero, stars. zero stars wow zero right, stars. like if i was being if i was being if i if i was not doing a bit right now um i i would yeah. say like you know tig and a couple of the other like sort of 
ancillary moments and characters and things or whatever, like, sure, I'll throw a star at it. But like, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to. I'm not feeling generous. So Fair enough. no, you ha- no stars. Hey, hey no stars for this movie. It, it, it's your it, it, it's your world, it, it, George. Right. We're just it, living yeah, in it. Exactly. It is your judgment, sir. So you <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> this has been a great discussion, you guys. Thank you so much for uh, for uh, hanging out and, and and talking about this movie. Uh, for everybody listening, don't forget to join the online community uh, with all of your fellow movie lovers. Learn uh, more at thenextreel.com slash discord. You can join right there. If you're interested in supporting us to help us keep the lights on and get some benefits while you're at it, head over to thenextreel.com slash membership. Uh, thank you, members, for your support. Uh, we do these monthly bonus episodes all the time. Uh, we've, we've covered lockdown and uh, breaking news in Yuba County and <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League. We did that as a bonus. Yep. And Godzilla versus Kong, Woman in the Window. Yeah, this real trend on some of these bonus episodes. But oh, we do do them. And if you remember, you get to hear them. And they're a lot of fun uh, for us to do. But that's just for this show. On the next real uh, main show, we do member bonus episodes every month, too. It's, there's a lot of content. So, so much sweet, sweet content. Uh, you just need to jump in to become a two-reeler and you can actually get to, to vote. Yeah, learn all about that at thenextreel.com slash membership. Coming up next week on the film board, A Quiet Place Part 2. How happened? A bomb, I think. He came all the way up here. There's nothing left. There are people out there. People worth saving. And Jordan, you're back for that, right? I am, and I suddenly got a lot of anxiety. Like, I, <laughs> I always, I always sit down in front of a movie wanting to love it and being prepared to love it. Like, I do yeah. not. I do not watch movies ungenerously. I, I come up, I, I give a lot, and I'm just really, really hopeful for this movie. Uh, but for sure, I'll have a lot to say, regardless. Yeah, a welcome voice. You'll be joining Andy and Steve Sarmento for that show. Can't wait to hear it. Um, don't forget to do all the stuff you know, everybody, the stuff you're supposed to do with your podcasts. So rate, review, subscribe, of course. Listen. The most important thing, those movie lovers in your life who don't have a favorite movie podcast, you need to let them know about this show. We sure appreciate it. And that is the best way that we have to get more people listening to this show. It's you. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Thank you, Ocean Murph. Uh, thank you, Pete Wright. And uh, Jordan, uh, I enjoyed this first experience uh, wor- uh, working and having this conversation with you and uh, look forward to having more in the future. Do you, though? <laughs> oh, oh, I, <laughs> oh, I, oh, I, I, I can say that, I absolutely. I yeah. mean, you, you've been, you've been, a, you've been a, a, a real gentleman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't claim the same, yeah. but uh, it has been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening. We'll catch you next time. Meeting adjourned. Here on the film board, we have covered quite a variety of great page-to-screen adaptations over the years, from superheroes like Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight Rises, based on stories like Nightfall and The Dark Knight Returns, to horror and sci-fi like Max Brooks's World War Z and Hiroshi Sakazuraka's All You Need Is Kill, which became one of our favorites, Edge of Tomorrow, with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. 
And who could forget Andy Weir's stranded astronaut adventure, The Martian, or Dave Eggers' tech thriller, The Circle? Supposedly so much better than the movie. We've also explored Stephen King epics like The Dark Tower and It, biopics like Damien Chazelle's First Man, and sweeping sagas like Denis Villeneuve's take on Frank Herbert's Dune. And don't forget Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, based on David Grant's nonfiction book about the 1920s murders of the Osage Nation. I just finished the book, and it's fantastic. It's always fascinating to look at the source material, and we often do as the book lovers we are. For those of you out there who love to do the same, head to thenextreel.com slash originals to find all of our past episodes and dive deeper into these adapted stories. And it's not just stories. We've included things like the video games Uncharted and Detective Pikachu. That's right. TheNextReel.com slash originals is your one-stop shop for in-depth looks at the sources for cinematic adaptations that we have discussed. Every purchase you make supports the film board and The Next Reel's family of shows. So what are you waiting for? Head to TheNextReel.com slash originals and get your next read today. 